Arizona, Arizona Sports. Sports, the local the sports, local leader. sports leader. leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. Already at the turn here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Halfway home on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's get you caught up on everything going on in sports. And, of course, locally, the thing going on in sports is Game 2 of the first-round series between the Phoenix Suns and the L.A. Clippers. Suns lost Game 1 at home, 115-110 to on Sunday night. Everybody was looking forward to that game, and they were disappointed. Everybody looking forward to tonight You can't well. go back and change what happened in Game 1, but you can certainly go out and change your approach, so there's no reason not to be confident. Kevin Ray, voice of the team on Bally Sports Arizona. He was a guest on Wolf and Luke uh, earlier today. Brian Windhorst was also on our station earlier today. He's not buying this Scott Foster thing. This will not be decided by the officiating. There's a lot of stuff that happened out there. There's a lot of maneuvers going back and forth. Monty is under way more uh, pressure to deliver than Scott Foster tonight. And I know you, Gambo, are not buying the idea that Scott Foster should no. have have anything to do with the outcome of tonight's game, too. It's a crazy, wacko coincidence, man. It's nothing more than that. Scott Foster doesn't have it out for Chris Paul. He doesn't, you know, if he was throwing the games because he hates Chris Paul, the NBA would pick up on that. They would know. He wouldn't be doing these games. He wouldn't have a job. So, you know, they, they evaluate the officials on a regular basis. So, I don't think there's anything to it outside of just a really, really strange, quirky coincidence. It was bound to happen at some point that he was going to officiate a Phoenix Suns game during the postseason. Honestly, he'll probably officiate officiate a few more. It's just the fact that it's this one, right? The one you really feel like you got to have if you're the Phoenix Suns because you can't be down 0-2 at home to the L.A. Clippers. But I'm with you. I, I To me, it's the only way it becomes a story is if the officiating gets in the Suns' head even more than we're accustomed to seeing because the Suns can let officiating get in their head from time to time. They can't let that happen tonight. Campaign is questionable with lower back soreness. We'll probably get an update on him sometime before tip-off. It's at 7 o'clock. You'll hear it here on the Arizona Sports app and on uh, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Another wild night of NBA playoffs yesterday. How about those Sacramento Kings? Two games to none lead over the Warriors. Of course, the big moment, Draymond Green ejected for stomping on the chest of DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah, we'll see if Draymond Green ends up getting you know suspended for a game. I mean, he got ejected, and he made this like, where am I supposed to put my foot? I mean, not on his chest, <laughs> like, and not. What are you guys like? You know, I'm and trying to twice, step. Where do you want me to right. step? Yeah, right. I don't know. Maybe not on his ribs. Like, can you step something? Grab. Let him. You know, he grabbed. It was clearly he grabbed him. I mean, Sabonis got a technical foul for grabbing his leg, but then flagrant tool kicked to kicked out of the game. Golden State, yeah, the fifth defending champion to fall behind oh, two nothing in the first round. The other four times, that team lost. Yeah, um, Three of them got swept. Uh, so they're down 2 nothing, and the and the Sacramento Kings are just playing well. Malik Monk, 18 off the bench. Sabonis had 24. But I thought the big, big baskets, the two three-pointers, Fox hit the three to make it 107-101, and then Davion Mitchell big with three. the three. Yep. Uh, just a little bit over a minute left. It was 109-103. He hits that. It's a nine-point lead. That game was over. Kings are the first time, first team, I should say, to be up two games to none against the Warriors in the Steph Curry era. It's never happened before. Now, both of those games were in Sacramento. The series moves to Golden State about 90 minutes up the road. We'll see what happens in game three. And as far as Draymond
Draymond Green goes. Not that this is the end-all, be-all, but uh, according to Sham Sharania, those around the situation expect a fine for Draymond Green, but that he will be available for Game 3 given the ejection, the flagrant foul 2, and the circumstances with the incident. I mean, Sabonis clearly grabbed his ankle. There's no doubt about it. But Draymond Green unnecessarily stomped on Sabonis basically twice and got ejected for it. Also, speaking of the Kings, I'll bring this up real quick. It was just coming down moments ago. De'Aaron Fox, the 2022-23 Clutch Player of the Year. This it wasn't year even close. It shouldn't have even been close. No, I don't I mean, know who he, was. Yeah. He, there was nobody better uh, in clutch moments all season long than De'Aaron Fox. There was nobody even, the metrics show it, like there was nobody even close to him. He, he should have been a runaway winner with that. Other NBA game last night, while we did get a classic cam slam from Cam Johnson posterizing Joel Embiid, it wasn't nearly enough as Brooklyn Bridges and Cam Johnson lost to the 76ers on the road. They're now down two games to none in this best-of-seven series are the Nets. Yeah, Maxi was great in that game for them. He had six three-pointers to 33 points. Embiid and Harris played well. Philly got that win. I mean, uh, you know, Cam played great, like you said. It's just, uh, and Embiid even said, I don't even remember getting dunked on because it was just a, such a posterizing <laughs> dunk, but um, the 76ers, they haven't won a championship since 1983. They got a team they think could get by Boston or Milwaukee, um, so it would be important for them to, you know, they can get rid of the Nets early, get a little little bit of rest because eventually they're going to run into run into somebody. It's a uh, they're going to they're going to have to run into Boston and Milwaukee at some point. Game two between the Lakers and the Grizzlies is tomorrow. John Morant's going to be a game time decision because of the bruising in his right hand. That, according to Coach Taylor Jenkins today. Yeah, I think that they lost that that first game. If Ja can't go, I don't know. Like I know they've had a pretty good record when he doesn't play, but without Ja, you know, you're already without. Uh, Steve Adams and um, without another one of that Clark Brandon Clark, Clark without yeah. so without so many if Ja can play you, you start to bring a knife to a gunfight I don't know how you're going to win if you're Memphis all right also in the NBA tonight in addition to the Suns and the Clippers game two it's the Celtics and the Hawks that game just about to get underway Boston looking to go up two games to none over Atlanta Cavs and the Knicks are also tonight New York forward Josh Hart is questionable for that game that one's set to start. At 4.30 as the Knicks are already up one game to none over Cleveland. So those are the only the other yeah. two games tonight in the playoffs other than the Suns. Yeah, uh, to watch Brunson play in that game, he was so dynamic for the Knicks and helping them win. And, and Julius Randle, of course. But Hart had a big game. Like, he had a big game for them. So if he can't go, that's a big blow for the Knicks. Now, they've already won. And, and you, know, you know, won game one on the road, stolen home court. Um, but the Knicks are a sneaky good team that a lot of people probably looked at and said, look, I don't really want to play them because they just play so darn hard. And they, and Randall's just tough as nails and Brunson in isolation. Uh, look, Donovan Mitchell had an incredible game and Cleveland still wasn't able to win in game one. Yeah, we mentioned the Diamondbacks in the last segment. I'll briefly remind everybody, game two in their series against St. Louis set to begin in about 40 minutes from right now. Dre Jamison versus lefty Jordan Montgomery, the, the matchup. There was a little bit of a miscommunication with the lineup being sent out that initially had Corbin Carroll in it and then he was not in it. It was not because he was scratched due to an injury. It was simply a mistake. The first lineup card that went out, he's fine. Everything
everything is okay. The team's also getting Joe Mantiply back from the injured list to boost their bullpen. That game's set to begin at 445. A couple of interesting quotes and stories around the NFL. First up, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport was on Pat McAfee's show and said despite both requesting trades from the Cardinals, Arizona is not treating Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins the same. Hopkins has permission to seek a trade, has been discussing with several teams. We'll see if one happens in the next, I mean, should be in the next week or so, certainly before the draft. I know there's been plenty of discussions, so we'll see if they can get to a price where the Cardinals are okay with. Buda Baker, it seems to be the opposite. We'll see what happens, but I don't believe they want to trade him at all. We're going to talk a little bit about Buda's value, but that seems to be the word now coming out from the NFL insiders that the Cardinals are just not interested in trading Buda at all. I, I, then why wouldn't you address this before it gets to this point? Amen to that. Who is running things over there? What's this Monty Austin Fort guy doing? How do you let it get to that point? How do you let this drag out for months and let him, like, you know, put that out there to make every, everything look bad? Like, come on. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a GM. You're a first-time GM. Like, make him a priority. Let's go. Get it done. As far as D-Hop goes, Von Miller today spoke to the media in Buffalo and said he'd be a big fan if D-Hop ended up with the Bills. And D-Hop even told him that's what he wants to happen. I talk to Hop all the time. It's kind of like the same thing with OBJ. You just never know until... You know, so Hop said he wanted to be a Buffalo Bill, and you just never know until you get, you know, that DeAndre Hopkins signature on the contract. So I would love to see, you know, DeAndre Hopkins be here and have his skill set on our offense with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Dawson Knox, and Gabe Davis. Like, how could we lose with those guys? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he's wrong. A little pressure it, to to get uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Listen, Buffalo's got a really good team. They can't get over the hump. That might be the guy that gets you there. Yeah, it might be. Steelers are expected to trade for Rams wide receiver Allen Robinson. Basically, it would be the Steelers getting Allen Robinson and a swap of seventh-round picks. So that's all L.A. is getting for Robinson would be a seventh-rounder, just a slightly better one than they had before. They're still also going to pay like $10 million of Robinson's salary. So they really, truly have given him away for virtually nothing to the Steelers. Man, they didn't get anything no, for him. No, nothing, nothing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He's, I mean, he was due to earn like $10 million bucks, so maybe taking on that money is the most important thing is just to get off of that money. And then a couple of things real quick. Panthers GM Scott Fitterer made it clear that Alabama quarterback Bryce Young has not been told he's going to be the top pick of the NFL draft. There's a lot of speculation because Bryce Young has canceled workouts that he knows he's going to go number one. And DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills held a press conference today and says he is fully expecting to come back and resume his NFL career. He's okay to play. He's been cleared by three different doctors after suffering a cardiac arrest and that it is his intention to attempt to come back in the National Football League to play again. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. I never wow, thought he'd play again in his life. I mean, yeah. that is great that he's able to come back and play. What a, what a tremendous story. No doubt Can't about it. Can't wait to watch the movie. It should be a good one. Score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets. Text the word ticket to 62620. Register and listen for your name today during the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for Game 2 tickets to see the Suns and the Clippers tonight. Yeah, talking about tonight. Text the word ticket to 62620. When we come back, if, if Buda Baker is traded, there's some comparisons of a star safety getting traded, but not all of them are great. That's next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
John Gambadoro, Dave Burns, hanging out with you on this Tuesday afternoon here on Burns and Gambo. And of course, Gambo and I, we haven't, we haven't really talked about it much since Friday. And when I say that, I mean the Buda Baker situation. It, it broke during our show Friday afternoon. And anybody who was listening to us Friday, man, we just went into full on crisis management mode, right? Like it felt like the last two hours of that show, we were just, oh my God, Buda Baker's asked for a trade. What the hell's going on here, right? Like, it, and we didn't, we didn't bring it up yesterday because it was so suns heavy coming off the game one loss. But it is probably time for us to circle back and kind of give everyone the latest on where things stand with this right now. Because on Friday, that was a pretty big deal that Buda Baker had requested a trade from the organization. He is their heart. He is their soul. He is their everything. And for him to want out is a really, really bad look and needs to be addressed. Gambo, we need to figure out what's going on. It's a terrible here. look. And, you, you know, whether you could put the toothpaste back in the in the bottle or whatever it is, like, I don't in the tube, the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's out. Buda Baker's asked for a trade. Like, at that point, it's like, man, that's really bad. With all the things that have happened to the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, that was one that hit you like a ton of bricks, right? Yes. I mean, that, the McDonough thing on Bidwell, I mean, the burner phone thing, oh, man, that's really... But when you're when you're best player, the heart and soul guy, they're like, there's no reason... You, you can say, we're going to lose a lot of games, but there's no reason to... And, and you want to trade DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, trade DeAndre Hopkins. You're not going to win. There's no reason to not have Buda Baker here. You got to have some players, okay? You can't sit there and say we're going to get rid of every single decent player we have because we're going to lose a lot of games. No, you're going to lose a lot of games, and but nobody wants to lose for five years. You, you're hoping to lose for a year and then start to turn it around in year two. And I understand that's a lot of Buddha's prime, but you need guys like that because you're going to have a lot of young guys coming in, and you need somebody that's going to set the example. You need somebody who's going to show everybody the proper way to be a cardinal, the way to prepare. Your body, yourself, the, the 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 way to be a good teammate, the the way to work out, the way to, to the way to train, to follow your coaches. Like you need somebody to be that leader, to set the example. Boot is that guy. He exemplifies everything you would want in a football player. I don't know why you wouldn't pay him to help him be that guy that could really help a lot of these other players understand what it takes to be an NFL player. NFL insider Ian Rappaport was on Pat McAfee's show today, and and we played this cut during the 4 o'clock reset. I'm going to play it again. This is kind of the expanded version on the Cardinals. Look, okay, we get the trade request. We don't want to trade Buda Baker. I learned about the trade request over the last several days, but this has quietly been a reality for Arizona for much longer. Really? Um, he wants a new deal. Um, and I do not believe the Cardinals want to trade him at all, which is what told him. Like, we don't plan to trade you. We want to keep you. And, like, he is, you know, if you watch Hard Knocks, the in-season, that's a great picture. Because uh, that actually really encap- oh, yeah. encapsulates mm-hmm. him. Like, that's, like, he is the heartbeat of that defense. That's the guy you want to build around, not you want to use, like, your second-round pick. <laughs> Good use of gifts. Um, not, you know, you don't want to use the second-round pick to replace him. You want to build with him. So, we'll see what happens. But I don't believe they want to trade him I'm sure at they all. don't want to trade him, but at, at, it, it's... 
because you and I talked about this on Friday too. Like trade DeAndre Hopkins, okay, fine. Sure. D Hop's he's getting older and he's probably not a part of your future. You turn this thing around in a year or two, Buda Baker can still be a part of your future, but you're going to have to pay him to kind of put up with the losing, right? You're going to have to you're going to have to pay him. And it's it's really honestly, and I read an article about this over the weekend. It was a really good one on CardsWire.com. It's really not that dissimilar to what they do with Larry Fitzgerald all those years. Like, okay, Larry, we know we're not very good, but we have to make sure you're a part of this organization. You can't go anywhere. So we're going to pay you. We're going to overpay you just to make sure that you know you're appreciated and you're valued here, even for seasons during which we know we're not going to win a lot of games. You can't go anywhere, and we're going to overpay to make sure you don't go anywhere. That's, I think, what they have to do with Buddha, and I'm surprised yeah. they haven't done it yet. Look, they screwed this up big time. They really do. I, and I do question what's you know what's what's going on with with uh, you know with their leadership over there. The, the people that are running this organization to let it get to this point because Mitch played the cuts the other day in January. They're raving about about Buda Baker. They're raving. Oh my oh, yeah. goodness! I mean, all the comments from your GM and your new GM and your new head coach were just how great Buddha was. So if he truly went to you in January, so look, we got to do something about my contract, or I need to get out of here. For you to not address that, like not make that a priority. I mean, what are your priorities? Like, what are your priorities, Monty Austin? For what's your priority? Like that. That's a. That's a key player in this organization. That's a heart and soul type of guy. You want that guy. You need that guy. Even though you're going to lose a lot of games, like to not address that is a bad sign. Like I, you could say, well, you want. Oh, we have to address free agency and the draft. This isn't Kyla Murray's contract situation. Okay, this is a this is a disgruntled player that doesn't have any guaranteed money left on his contract, and he plays so damn hard. And he puts his life on the line. Remember when Buddha got knocked out of the game with the concussion? Sure, sure. That was a scary thing. Playoff game. Yeah. This guy played. This guy plays so hard, he just wants to address my contract situation. Like, if you can't address it, then trade me. Because if you're asking me to be on a team that's going to lose 15 games next year, and you want me to just throw my body all over, and I've got no guaranteed money, like, I don't want to do that. Then, And you should understand that for a player like that. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and do something about it. And I get you don't want to set a precedent here. I understand that. But I think Buddha is the kind of player that you have to go above and beyond on precedence, you know, in order to send a message. Like, like we we value him. We value his leadership. We value the fact that he is exactly the kind of player we want all of you to be. And even though you might be setting a precedent for players who have two years left on their deal to demand trades or ask for new con- I understand that. You don't have to give every single one of them a new contract. It feels like you have to give one to Buda Baker because the alternative is, okay, now we're wondering, does he show up? Does he show off for the offseason stuff? Does he show up for training camp? Does he hold out? What you know? How does he play this? What does he do? Or do the Cardinals trade him? And, and you know, a couple of stories that I found kind of suggesting what his value might be if he were to be available. Albert Breer wrote about this over the weekend or yesterday. Said he spoke with a rival NFC executive who called him a high-level player still, but because of the contract with the contract issue and the positional value, it would probably be a second or a third round pick for Buda Baker. Whereas if you look at some of the other kind of like history and what other teams have traded in the past, Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams, the Jets sent the Seattle Seahawks, Jamal Adams and a fourth round pick. Seattle sent back a first, a third, um, 
all in order to get Jamal Adams. Mika Fitzpatrick, the Steelers sent the Dolphins a first-round pick, a fifth-round pick, a sixth-round okay, so pick. so there's two examples of first-round picks. Yes, I got Jamal Adams and Minka Fitzpatrick. Two examples okay. where a first-round pick went back in exchange for a safety. Now, maybe their contract situations were different, but I've got two examples where first-round picks were traded. I can't imagine that there's not going to be a ton of teams lining up to get him. I mean, I'm reading the story here. Steel is listed among top trade destinations for Buda Baker. The idea of having Minka Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick and Buda Baker as the Steelers' safety do is intriguing, to say the least. The Jaguars, they don't have a player like this. Can the Jaguars get him? There's a lot of teams that are going to want a player like this because of his character. His high, not only the way he plays, but what a high-character guy. Like, you don't ever question that you're getting every dime of what you're paying Buda Baker. I mean, you're going to get everything you can out of this guy. You know, it's almost like, you know, you, you, th- you think, okay, all well, the stories now, the Cardinals say they don't want to trade him. Like, is it too late? Like, is it, you know, is it that marriage where, you know, you're not doing it, you're not you know, paying any attention to your wife, you're not really doing it, and then all of a sudden she wants to leave. You're like, oh my goodness, I need to pay attention to you. I really don't want you to leave. Like, is that what's going on here with the Cardinals and Budapest? I think they can pay him. And most of the toothpaste goes back in the tube. I think. That's my opinion. You might disagree with it. I think if they pay him, most of the toothpaste goes back in the tube on this one. It's always out there, right? It's just another knock on this organization with a lot of knocks on them right now. It's just another knock that your star player demanded a trade, didn't want to be here. You have the Kyler Murray situation. You have the McDonough situation. You had two coaches that you had to fire for their behavior. You got. I mean, it's just a, it's just a lot it's of a things lot. that have happened to the Cardinals right now and not a lot of good things. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now like any other podcast you like to listen to on your iPhone and your Android. You will never miss any of the shows. We promise. The Burns and Gambo Show. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com and start packing. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, one superstar versus another. Theirs was better than the Suns on Sunday in Game 1. What's going to happen tonight? We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. From the ringer.com, quotes, with all due respect to Kevin Durant, who is an all-time iconic basketball force and the most inevitable bucket I've ever seen, he isn't Kawhi Leonard. While guarding KD for a good chunk of his 42 minutes, the two-time Finals MVP scored an efficient 38 points without ever making a single basket inside the restricted area. The Suns double and triple teamed him in crunch time. It didn't matter. Leonard was robotic, efficient, and cutthroat. He hit boring jumpers, contested fallaways, and awkward leaners that could guarantee a letter in horse. Close quote. Don't bet against Kawhi Leonard. That was the ringer's advice in kind of reviewing the first games of the first round of the NBA playoffs. Is their superstar going to be better than our superstar when it's all said and done? I mean, possibly. I mean, possibly. But the Suns have more superstars. That's the plan, right? You know, the, the plan Suns is should you know, have more got superstars. One. You've got one and a bunch of role players. The Suns have, you know, what should be two superstars and a fading superstar. Like, like their top three should be better. Now, Paul George was here, and I, you know, a lot of people might have picked the Clippers to win. Nobody picked the Clippers to win this series. Um, 
Kawhi's got to be great, and a lot of things have to happen for them to win. That doesn't mean they can, but you know their bench has to be a major factor. Russell Westbrook has to be a factor, and Kawhi has to play great. If Kawhi doesn't play well, they can't win a game. The Suns can win a game if one of their stars doesn't play well, but when it comes star to star, I mean... I would be hard-pressed to think that if this is a, just let's just say it's a six-game series, I'd be hard-pressed to think that Kawhi Leonard gets the better of Kevin Durant on all six games. I just don't think that that's possible. Because they're both so great, Kevin Durant's going to have his moments. The difference the difference was, I mean, the Clippers' offense was isolation Kawhi every single time. And the Suns wasn't. The Suns wasn't about Kevin Durant. Their, 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 their offense was all over the place. Whoever's open, shoot it. I don't care if you're Torrey Craig. Where the Clippers were Get it to Kawhi, and whatever happens off of that, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll live and die with it. Yeah, and I thought the Suns' offense, frankly, needed a little more of that. It, it needed a little more of, hey, see what the Clippers are doing to make sure Kawhi Leonard gets his? Make sure, Kevin Durant, you're doing what you need to do to make sure he gets his. Maybe not to that extreme, and maybe to that, not to that level, but I do think the Suns need to mix more of that in to what they're doing. At times. At yes. times. Okay. Last three minutes of the, of the second half. Okay. Okay, let's 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 win that ten to ten to two, ten to four, because you're making sure Durant gets the ball. Fourth quarter, five, under five minutes to go, you know, make it. Durant gets to the free throw line. He gets to the free throw line. Well, he took ten free throws the other day, right? Yes. Yep. So, like, it's it's it was so dumb to have him shoot the ball one time in the final six minutes. I mean, you think back at it, you know, like, it was like that. That makes no sense. Like it really, like we all know it makes no sense. But th- they know that can't happen again. He's got to get the ball more now. You know, Durant is still um, what makes him a really good teammate is that he's he's fine with making sure that other guys are involved, making sure that other players are involved. And you know, he didn't go. He didn't. After that game was over, I'm sure he didn't start yelling and screaming about how he only got one shot oh, in the final no. six minutes. No, 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 no. And and it's and it's a, look. It's a, it is a totally different equation when you're the Clippers and you've got one guy who you know is going to have to take the bulk of the shots and you know who's going to have to do the heavy lifting compared to the Suns who have a balance of guys. I, I, again, I'm talking about a healthy kind of in between where you know an acknowledgement of hey, you went out and, and we've said this a hundred times since the season has started, but you went out and you gave up all of that stuff, all of those draft picks, all of those players for Kevin Durant. Let's make sure we're using him properly and let's make sure he's using himself properly, that he's he's, in fact, Windhorse was talking about that this morning with Wolf and Luke about, about making sure that, that Kevin Durant is making himself as available as he can be and that he's imposing his will on things a little bit. Not pouting and not throwing a fit if he doesn't get the ball, not demanding and things like that, but just making sure that he is aggressively seeking out his shot in ways that maybe he wasn't in game one because I mean look for as much emphasis that there was on Kawhi Leonard the Clippers did a really good job of making sure Kawhi Leonard got the ball a lot and was in a position to do with it whatever he needed to do and I'm not saying it should be like that all the time with the Suns and Kevin Durant just more than what we saw in game one because he and, and look I mean honestly the impact this be- game and if you got to be an ass, you got to be an ass. I mean, I know Kevin Durant came here and he wanted to fit in, and he understands that this is Booker's team, and Chris Paul's going to the Hall of Fame, DeAndre the Max guy. I get all of that, but you know what? This is this, this time to win a championship, and if you got to be a jerk, you got to be a jerk. 
If you got to yell at guys, you got to yell at guys. You got to demand the ball, demand the ball. I mean, it, this is this is about winning now. It's not about you know somebody's ego or making sure that everybody gets their shot. And it's it's not about it's about winning. And the best way to win is for Kevin Durant to carry this team on his back. That's why they traded all those assets to get him. That's your best chance to win. Nothing against everybody else, and, and Devin Book is very capable of helping the team too. But Kevin Durant's got the ability to carry you. He's got championship pedigree. He's got two rings. He's an NBA Finals, you know, MVP two times. He's one of the greatest players that's ever played the game. Like, so that if you got to be a jerk about it, then be a jerk about it. Like, demand the ball. Yell at guys if you don't get the ball. Um, yell at your coaches if you don't get the ball. This is not about like, trying to fit in anymore. This is about trying to win. Yeah. Monty, yesterday, talking about KD wanting to match up Kawhi one-on-one. I think both teams are trying to do the same thing. Uh, you want to save their energy, but you also want, you don't want to get in the way of greatness. And he knows he can come to me and say, Coach, I got it, and I'll run with it. And I'll be curious to see if we see more KD on Kawhi, if we see more Kawhi on KD tonight. I, I mean, I... I I keep going back to what Windhorse said, but I, I I think he's right. I think I think Kevin Durant is going to really try to make this game feel him a little bit more tonight than he did the other night. He's going to need some help to get there, but I think even on his own, you're going to see more isolation possessions with Kevin Durant where he's trying to do some of the things that Kawhi was doing in Game 1, no doubt. Well, listen, this is the reason you're paying Chris Paul $30 million, too. It's not to make mid-range shots anymore. It's to make sure that Kevin Durant gets the basketball. Okay, it's to make sure. Chris Paul, remember the, the beautiful pass under the legs of Zubach? Yes, the nutmeg. Like, yes. The nutmeg. I mean, that was a, the thing of beauty. Chris, Chris Paul's got the ability to get the ball, get guys the ball where they like it, where they like it, where they want to shoot it. Chris Paul's got to take – he's got to be assertive. He's got to be assertive in making sure that – Kevin Durant doesn't go six minutes where it only takes one shot. Like, he's got to make sure of that. Ty Lu yesterday, expecting a heavier dose of Kevin Durant tonight. Aggressive. I think, you know, more aggressive, you know, trying to get to the spots. And I really don't know. Like I said, it's, it's a new system for him, so I'm not quite sure um, of how they're going to try to use him. But uh, we'll be able to prepare and be able to adjust, you know, when, when the time comes, you know. But, you know, um, it's new to him. You know, it's only been nine games they played together. And so, you know, I'm not really sure what, what they plan on doing differently because, you know, we haven't seen a lot of I think the other thing with Kawhi, too is not that anybody forgot about his greatness or forgot about how good he was. We all know how great Kawhi Leonard is, but because we hadn't seen him in a playoff environment in two years and because they've been careful with how they've used him during the regular season up until the last month or so where they really started to ramp him up and he really started to respond. Kawhi has been a little out of sight, out of mind. I, I, he is he is one of the best players in the NBA. I, I mean, he is, and he's, he's so different than like a Luca or Yanni, he's so quiet about it, right? Like you hardly know he's there half the time. He's just so efficient and so robotic that you never even really know. He is one of the what? 10 best players in the league, 11 best players in the league, maybe even small as seven best players in the league when he's right, right now. He is so good at what he does. Yeah, right now. I sent you a story today, and I actually like this little thing that they do. Uh, it's the top 125 players in the NBA. Um, the NBA rankings by the ringer. They've got Kevin Durant, number six, Kawhi Leonard, number eight, Devin Booker, number 11. That's their top players in the game. That's not just playoff guys. That's in the whole game. So number six for Durant, number eight for Leonard. And then what did I say? Book was 11. Book was 11. 
Yes, I'll give you the right. I'll give you the top. They got Jokic one, Giannis two, Embiid three, Steph Curry four, Luca five, then Durant six, Tatum seven, Kawhi eight, Dame nine, Shea Gilgis Alexander ten, Booker eleven. Mm. But Booker's ahead of Anthony Davis, who's 12, LeBron James, who's 13, Donovan Mitchell, who's 14, John Moran, who's 15, Jimmy Butler, James Harden. He's ahead of a lot of those, all, all those guys I just mentioned. Yeah. When we come back on the Bernstein Gambo Show, back to the NFL drafts as we're just about a week away from it. Is the stock rising for this edge rusher so much so that he might be the Cardinals pick instead of Will Anderson? We'll talk about it coming up. Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Tyree Wilson, you took him in a mock draft that you yeah. did with uh, J. Will, Keyshawn, and uh, Max, right? Yeah, the ESPN, one of the, yeah, the ESPN mock draft with those guys. Hey, asked me to make the third pick. I was going to take Will Anderson. They, they texted me like, okay, here's the two guys that are off the board. It's uh, Young and Will Anderson. I'm like, what? <laughs> Come on, man. I want to take Will Anderson. I go, can I trade? No, you can't trade. Well, you can't trade. Right? I got to take somebody. So I took Tyree Wilson at number three if the Cardinals stay. I just can't, like, I, like, I can't imagine that all these quarterbacks that have been people people have been talking about are not going to go in the first four. Only one of them is going to go. I can't believe that. So, but yeah, I took Tyree Wilson. There's like two different things going on here with the draft a week and two days away. All right, there's the, the, and, and they're they're both kind of related, but in, in some ways they're both separate. Thing number one is what we talked about earlier in this show: the belief that the Houston Texans really had their hearts set on Bryce Young. They're probably not going to get him. It looks like he's going to go number one to Carolina. And that they were thinking maybe that Carolina would go with C.J. Stroud, number one, and that they would get Bryce Young at number two, and they could address the quarterback. And if Bryce Young's not going to be there, that they're not interested in taking a quarterback at number two, and maybe they would take Will Anderson. Okay, that's that's thing number one to kind of consider with the Cardinals sitting at number three. Thing number two is this continued, and this is something you and I have talked about now for about a week or so, this continued belief in certain circles out there that Tyree Wilson is ahead of Will Anderson, that, that Tyree Wilson is going to go before Will Anderson. Now, that to me is a different yeah. deal than what is Houston going to do at two where they're going to take a quarterback. That is the NFL projecting that Tyree Wilson is better suited to play in its league and be successful than Will Anderson. That's a totally different deal than what Houston's going to do at number two, isn't right. it? And listen, I, I've read all the stuff, you know, and I've looked at the, the tapes and stuff, and I, I think that everybody kind of agrees that Will Anderson's body of work is better. I mean, he, since he got in college football, he's led college football in quarterback pressures and sacks and, you know, tackles for a loss and, like, you know, he's been a machine. But I think that they just feel like, you know, at, at Bama, he's surrounded by all these other great players. That makes it really easy for him to make those plays. All right. I mean, okay, maybe. Uh, but they think that Tyree Wilson just has has more upside. They think that's what it really comes down to. They, they, nobody doesn't think that Anderson's not a good player. Like, yeah, he's a really good player. But in the end, Tyree Wilson, man, there's more upside to him. Like, Anderson's game might be, this might be the best that he could be. What he is now, that's what you're 
going to get. Nothing wrong with that. But there's a feeling that Tyree Wilson has a, a lot more to grow. That is exactly it. Albert Breer put out some draft rumors today or yesterday, and that is, man, that's exactly what he wrote about this. That he said that the Will Anderson Jr. Tyree Wilson debate is for sure a live one for a lot of teams. Those in Anderson's corner say his tape is better and that his football character is impeccable. Those in Tyree Wilson's corner believe that Anderson is too limited athletically. And as is the reputation for Alabama stars, he's maxed out because of how good things are at Alabama. You just referenced that a second ago. It's such an incredible environment there. That's literally as good as he's going to get because he's. it's just like a, it's like a pro environment around him. While, to your point, Wilson still has room to grow. Now, I, if the Cardinals are sitting there and they've got a choice at number three and they're not moving out, they're staying put, or even if they're at number four and they have a choice between Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, if, if whichever way they go, if they've got the choice, Gambo, it will be one of those all-timer, what did you do? Did you make the right choice? Did you go oh, the right yeah. direction? Right? Like, I mean, that, that, yeah. the true crossroads moment of are you going to go left or are you going to go right? Because your whole future kind of depends on making the right choice here in this moment. I wouldn't have thought that up until now. And, you know, they put a lot of doubt creeps in when all these people are just raving about Tyree Wilson. It seemed like a no-brainer to me that Will Anderson, I'm sticking with Will Anderson. I think he'll be the better player out of the two of them. I'm not knocking him for playing at Alabama. I mean, he got to, he, you, you only get to Alabama if they think you're one of the best players on the planet. So that's how he got there. I'm not going to knock him for that. I still think Anderson's the choice because of his body of work in his years at Alabama. Um, but you know, a lot of these scouts that do this for a living, they they also have to, you know, you've got to you've got to look at what a guy's going to be not just now, but what do you think the guy's going to be in three years? What do you think the guy's going to be in five years? What's and that's what they do. I mean, that's what they do. So we're looking at players now, and we say judge this player versus that player based on where they are right now, what they did in college football in 2022. Now make a pick, but that doesn't always work like that because some people, you know, a lot of a lot of scouts are going to are going to sell a guy based on, look, he's going to get better and better and better. Like, he's just reaching the cusp of what could be a, a great career. This other guy, I don't think he's got that. I think that he's kind of maxed out. I think that's what he's always going to be. So that's what you judge. They, a lot of these guys judge it on, too. They've got to evaluate what they think the player's going to be in a couple of years. Yeah, I also think there's a part of this equation, too, that we're not even talking about. And this is where the Cardinals, quite frankly, have not done a very good job the last few years. And that's once you've drafted a player, developing them properly. Coaching them properly, watching them evolve properly. And that's where some teams, you know, we, we look back at the draft and go, oh man, that team, they picked the right player. Or, ooh, that team picked the wrong player. Well, some of that is picking the right player or the wrong player, but some of it too is coaching them when they get there, right? Like Tom Brady's the classic example. If Tom Brady goes somewhere other than the New England Patriots, who's to say that he's Tom Brady? Who's to say that he's had the career that he's had? If the Cardinals so draft Hassan Reddick and use him properly from the minute he walks in the door, Hassan Reddick is on the Cardinals roster right now. He's not with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's not somewhere else. It's drafting is only part of this. Development is so much as important, if not more so, to this equation than just did you pick the right guy on draft night or not, right? Right. 
Right. No, I totally agree with that. And that's why, you know, where you end up and how you, you know, and that's what the Cardinals did not do a very good job of, of developing players. And, oh, terrible you know, job you, of it. You, terrible. You get all these good players in and you look around and you say, why don't we have any of the top players under 25? You don't really develop them. You know, you haven't done a good job of developing guys. Christian Kirk was a good player with the Cardinals. He goes to the Jaguars and he's 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 great. Like he's, you know, he, he goes there and we sit there, man, I can't believe the Jaguars paid Christian Kirk all that money. Can you believe they paid him all that money? That's crazy. That's insane. What were the Jaguars doing? And then he goes out there for the Jaguars and he has an unbelievable year. Yeah. And it's like, okay, he was even better. Like, you know, he, he was even better. I mean, a guy had 84 catches for 1,108 yards and eight touchdowns last year. You know, he got paid and he never had 1,000 yards with the Cardinals. Never. Nope. He never had 80 catches with the Cardinals, but he had 84 catches for 1,108 yards. He averaged 13.2 yards per catch. Never did that with the Cardinals. Had eight touchdowns with the Jaguars. Never did that with the Cardinals like so he go he gets paid a lot of money and he gets better like a lot better than he was with Arizona that's a that's a warning sign we will see it's if it's even a choice for the Cardinals to have because right now the odds the the gambling odds suggest that Will Anderson is the new favorite to go number two in the draft if the Texans stay put and take the, the Cardinals might not even have a choice between Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson if the Texans don't go quarterback and if they stay at two the the betting odds right now say they're going to go with Will Anderson, number two overall. All right, we missed it at the beginning of the segment. Let's update our Twitter poll question of the day because it's a good one today with Eric Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Sorry, Rubes, we're all off today with the times. What do you got for us? All good. Out of these three, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Monty Williams, who do the Phoenix Suns need to have a bounce back game the most against the Clippers tonight? Monty. That was a really good question. It's good. It's to me. It's Monty or Aiton, and it's close. Yeah, I I voted for Aiton, but I could totally you know you know my feeling on Monty. Yeah, I know you. So I yeah. could totally I could totally get on board with it. it needs to be Monty. Uh, I'm voting for Monty. Uh, what's it was Monty leading? He was getting what about 47 percent of the vote last time. Where do we stand now? Yeah, it's dropped a little bit. 46.5 percent for the leader in the clubhouse, Monty Williams, in a relatively close second place at 35.2 percent. It's DeAndre Ayton and a solid 18.3 say Chris Paul. But I'm sure all three would be a welcome. Sight to see. All right, so that poll question leads right into our next conversation about the Suns and their game one tonight. What has to change for the Suns from game one to game two in order to get the win? That is coming up here in the five o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo Show.